an update on Gilmore Girls, a campaign to save Veronica Mars, Scrubs, a legacy, and a sweet return. Stay tuned. Hello once again, I am Trevor Kimball, and welcome to the TV series finale update for Friday, the 4th of May in the year 2007. Thanks very much for joining me, and here's the latest. With just two weeks to go before the network upfronts, we have some long-awaited and, I'm afraid, unfortunate news regarding the fate of CW's Gilmore Girls. The CW has released a joint statement from themselves and Warner Brothers to say that they are canceling the series. It says, quote, Announcing the final season of Gilmore Girls is truly a sad moment for everyone at the CW and Warner Brothers Television. This series helped define a network and created a fantastic storybook world featuring some of television's most memorable, lovable characters. We thank Amy Sherman Palladino, Dan Palladino, Dave Rosenthal, the amazing cast led by Lauren Graham and Alexis Bledel, as well as the producers, writers, and crew for giving us this delightful gem for the past seven years. We would also like to thank the critics and Gilmore fans for their passionate support and promise to give this series the send-off it deserves, end quote. Well, as you probably know, if you're a fan of the show, rumors have been going back and forth for months on whether an agreement would be reached with the key cast members so that the series would return for another season. For the most part, it's understood that the CW really wanted it to return, but apparently they just couldn't work out the contract issues. In fact, there was even a rumor earlier yesterday that negotiations had stalled and it looked unlikely that they would resume, and it appears that, quite honestly, that rumor was true. Once they were sure that the series wasn't going to be returning, the CW likely wanted to announce the news immediately so that viewers would be more likely to tune in to watch the final two episodes. The series finale is going to be airing on May 15th, and fans are wondering, is this going to be a fulfilling end for the series for the seven years? People who have read the script have said that it actually is very touching and will work well as a series wrap-up. How does this affect the CW's other series that's in question, Veronica Mars? Well, that's hard to tell. I have to believe it's probably good news. As you may be aware, Rob Thomas, the creator of Veronica Mars, was scheduled to meet with the CW's head, Don Ostroff, earlier in this week. He was supposed to show Ostroff the 10-minute FBI scenario demo and try to pique her interest with creative season 4 scenarios and other reasons to renew the series. Well, the fans for Veronica Mars have got to be one of the most supportive and creative group of fans ever. Rather than simply use petitions and letter-writing campaigns to try and convince the network to renew their show, they get truly creative, and more importantly, they work really hard to give the network what it wants, which is viewers. Last year, the Mars fans, which they're generally called Cloud Watchers, collected $5,000 in donations to help save their show via a Look to the Skies campaign. And back on May 8th of 2006, network executives received packages with binoculars and flight plan information. The next day, on the date of the Season 2 finale of Veronica Mars, a plane flew over the UPN and the future CW headquarters with a banner that read, Renew Veronica Mars, CW 2006. Series star Kristen Bell commented, quote, I heard that a whole group of fans rented an airplane, and they flew it over the CW. Whose show does that? Our show. We have the best fans in the world. End quote. In addition, Cloud Watchers also donated 
500 DVD sets of Veronica Mars to libraries in all 50 states and the top 100 Nielsen markets. Their goal was obviously to widen the show's audience and give prospective new viewers a way to catch up on the series. Well, this time around, Veronica Mars fans gathered together and took to the streets. Last weekend, professional street teams and fans in New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Philadelphia, and other cities were out in force to stick, staple, and stack over 30,000 flyers, all advertising the series' return on May 1st. The show came back from a hiatus with a Mystery of the Week format, which will hopefully make it easier for new fans to get hooked. Unfortunately, the ratings weren't very impressive for the May 1st return. In fact, well, they were kind of dismal. But you have to remember, it's hard for almost any show coming back from a hiatus after many weeks away. A lot of people don't watch the network on a regular basis and don't realize that the show was actually returning. With any luck, now that Gilmore Girls has been canceled, CW will think twice and three times before canceling Veronica Mars. The network upfronts are in the middle of May and will certainly keep you posted. And by the way, if you want to help out on the campaign, head on over to watchveronicamars.net and check out all their latest information. On a sad note, there was a couple of unfortunate losses to the entertainment community of veteran character actors in this past week. If you've been watching television over the past few years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, you've certainly seen their faces. The first one is venerable actor Dabs Greer, who passed away at the age of 90 on last Saturday. And again, you may not know his name, but you know his face. He was born Robert William Greer in 1917, and he began acting at the age of eight. Greer was best known for his role as the gentle and wise Reverend Alden on NBC's Little House on the Prairie from 1974 to, I think, 1984. In addition to Little House, Greer was a semi-regular on shows like Picket Fences, Maybe It's Me, and Gunsmoke. And so identifiable as a generic everyman, Greer's was a staple of series television for six decades, and he often played more than one character during the run of a show. He played several characters on shows like The Andy Griffith Show, The Rifleman, The Untouchables, Perry Mason, The Fugitive, The FBI, and The Adventures of Superman. Greer had the distinction of playing the first person to be rescued by George Reeves in The Man of Steel's origin story. Kind of a neat little trivia note. And another interesting one is that he played the minister who married Carol and Mike Brady in the Brady Bunch pilot. And then, 21 years later, he returned to officiate at the wedding of Bobby Brady, the youngest Brady son, on the short-lived The Brady's series. Greer's will be missed, but his talent and substantial body of work will certainly be part of television history for a very, very long time. And another gentleman who passed away this week was pretty much television history embodied. He's a legend of television comedy and stage, and he passed away, unfortunately, at the age of 85 after a very brief illness. He's best known for his roles in the Bob Newhart series. Tom Poston had an incredible body of work. Tom Poston was born in 1921 and he became an actor in 1947 after studying at the American Academy of Dramatic Art and with Sanford Meisner, who was a very well-known acting teacher. His first of many Broadway roles was in a production of Cyrano de Bergerac with uh, Jose Ferrer. 
He went on to act in shows like King Lear, Come Blow Your Horn, and A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. And he was actually also, uh, for quite a while, he was a staple of many popular game shows like What's My Line and To Tell the Truth. And between his stage and his game show careers, it was impressive enough for a very, very full career. But Tom Poston was really known for his work in television comedy. Poston began his TV career on live television shows in the 1950s and first became recognizable to the public as a regular player on the old Steve Allen show, alongside performers like Don Knotts and Louis Nye. Poston won an Emmy for his work on the Allen series and was nominated a total of four times for his later work. And through the last 50 years, Poston guested on many, many shows and was a regular on, um, what was it, uh, Mork and Mindy, Grace Under Fire, and The Committed, I think. But really, what most people remember Tom Poston for is his work on the Bob Newhart series. He was a regular on Newhart for his for the entire eight-year run as dim-witted handyman George Utley, and he appeared several times on the 1970s The Bob Newhart Show, guested on uh, Bob Newhart's short-lived Bob series, and he also took part in the very memorable and very funny cameo episode of George and Leo, which was also a short-lived Bob Newhart series that co-starred Judd Hirsch. The connection with Bob Newhart went even further in Poston's regular life because he ended up marrying Newhart's on-screen wife from the Bob Newhart show, Suzanne Plachette, in 2001. Interestingly, the two had been romantically involved 40 years earlier when they appeared together in The Golden Fleecing on Broadway. They each went on to marry other people, but they still remained friends throughout the years. And years later, they both lost their spouses to really nasty illnesses. Um, they became closer and then eventually renewed their romance. And Poston recounted once, uh, he said, quote, We started seeing each other and ended up married, and I'm as happy as I've ever been in my life, end quote. Of his comrade and co-star, Bob Newhart reflected, quote, He will be sorely missed and was an important part of the Newhart family. Tom was always the go-to guy on Newhart, in addition to being a good and longtime friend. Those two gentlemen, obviously, are not going to be forgotten anytime soon. And another television giant that's not going to be forgotten is Fred Rogers. Now, if you remember, Fred Rogers was, of course, the host of the iconic PBS television show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and he passed away uh, about four years ago in February at the age of 74. And the television show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, continues to nurture new generations of preschool kids. A unique oral history project is now underway that's going to go even further to preserve the philosophies and work of this gentleman known as Fred Rogers. The Fred Rogers Center for Early Learning and Children's Media at St. Vincent College in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, has begun what is known as the Fred Rogers Oral History Project. The effort is being funded from a grant from the Buell Foundation and is going to consist of 52-hour interviews with Rogers' friends and professional colleagues, the people, who, the people who knew him best. And through just kind of relaxed conversations and interviews, they're going to discuss their relationships and experiences with Fred Rogers. Now, over a dozen subjects have been interviewed thus far, including child development expert Dr. Nancy Curry, family communications employees, now, Family Communications is the company that Rogers started to produce Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, 
and David Newell, who you probably remember if you watch the show as uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood Speedy Delivery Man, Mr. McFeely. The remaining interviews are going to be completed probably by August 2008. The Rogers Center is currently under construction, but it's expected to be finished by mid-2008, and excerpts from the Oral History Project will likely play in kind of a loop continuously in an exhibit at the center. And then the complete interviews will be available to those who wish to research Rogers' approach to child development and media. Rogers Center archivist brother David Kelly noted, quote, There hasn't been a lot of concentrated research into its the television shows, distinct applications, and how Fred himself developed it. There is a history to this. It didn't just happen, and it wasn't a construct. One way to get at it is to listen to people who knew him, end quote. It's very nice, and I'm sure Mr. Rogers would be very pleased to know that adults and children are going to be able to benefit from his teachings for a long time to come. And our final story is about Bob Vila, the home improvement series, not the man. And after averaging a 0.8 household rating, CBS Television Distribution has canceled the home improvement syndicated series. And this actually ends a 28-year run for the host and, obviously, renovation expert Bob Vila. Vila started hosting PBS's This Old House, if you remember, back in 1979 after winning the Heritage House of 1978 award from Better Homes and Gardens. This Old House instructed home viewers on how to perform a variety of home renovations. Vila left This Old House back in, I believe, 1989, reportedly because of some involvement in outside endorsements of building equipment. And soon after, Villa became a spokesman for Sears and began hosting Bob Vila's Home Again in syndication. That series was renamed as simply Bob Vila in 2005. Well, the television show Bob Vila has been declining in the ratings for a lot of years, due in part to having to compete with earlier incarnations of Bob Vila's television shows. As you probably have realized, there's been a huge growth in home improvement shows and cable channels like HGTV and DIY Network in the past several years. Vila hosted the weekly series Restore America from, I think, 1999 until 2004 on HGTV, and DIY currently airs repeats of both This Old House and Bob Vila's Home Again. So he's kind of up against himself. It's doubtful, though, that this cancellation is going to put any kind of damper on Bob Vila's career. The man has authored, I think, 11 books, which includes a five-book series entitled Bob Vila's Guide to Historic Homes of America, and he's also a regular fixture on the Home Shopping Network where he sells his own line of tools. So I don't think, uh, I don't think Bob Vila is going anywhere. And a listener question today. Uh, this one is from Cindy from New Jersey, and she asks... Is Scrubs coming back for a next season? Well, Cindy, that is an excellent question. And quite honestly, up until this week, I would have said unquantifiably, yes, absolutely, it's coming back. And the reason why I would say that is because if you remember last August, there was this whole thing going back and forth because Zach Braff said in an interview that he really kind of had an interest in moving on. He didn't want to do another season. And he thought that the Scrubs creator... um, Bill Lawrence felt pretty much the same way. And then Bill Lawrence came out and said that he wanted to do another year, and hey, he'd even do it without Zach Braff. And then rumors went back and forth, back and forth, and then finally in, um, I think it was February, 
Bill Lawrence confirmed that Scrubs would definitely be coming back for a seventh season, another year. And he said that, um, let's see, where is it? He said, yeah, quote, The reason that we have our destiny in our own control is because the show's a dinosaur, and ABC, which is owned by the Disney company, owns 100% of Scrubs, even though it's on NBC. It's sold into syndication, it's doing well, so they essentially told us, I said, should I be writing a series finale for the show this year? And they said no, because if it's not picked up on NBC, we're going to do another year on ABC, end quote. So, as I said, you know, if you had asked me this a week ago, I would have said, yeah, definitely, there's going to be another season. Well, NBC hasn't officially made their decision about renewing the series, but they're kind of sending signals that the show is going to be done. If you pay close attention to the network's promos for the series, for Scrubs, you notice that they say things like, the final episodes of Scrubs, and um, things like, just four episodes left of Scrubs. Countdown promos are not unusual at this time of year. The networks usually make it pretty clear whether they're talking about the end of a season or that they're talking the end of a series. And the Scrubs promos are really, really vague, but they certainly seem to be pointing towards, you know, this is it. That's all that's left. So if that happens, from what Bill Lawrence said, you would think Scrubs is just going to move over to ABC, right? Well, it looked like a sure thing, but now, eh, I don't know. The ABC Entertainment president, his name is Steve McPherson, he's not saying that it's definitely moving to ABC if NBC drops it. He's actually only said that they are interested in picking up the sitcom if it needs a new home. Why the change? Well, part of the problem could be the price. Though Scrubs consistently performs well in the ratings, another season is not going to be a cheap one. Because in March, Zach Brapp, they got him to sign a deal, but it's a big one. It's an expensive one. He signed a deal that would bring him $7.7 million for a full 22-episode season. And I think that's about as much as um, Charlie Sheen is getting for Two and a Half Men. And that is a huge salary. So with that cost in mind, it may be a little too pricey for, for anybody. Even though ABC and Disney stands to make a lot of money when the show goes into, you know, when the additional episodes go into syndication. Is Scrubs coming back for another season? It's really hard to say, but I would guess... If I had to bet money on it, I would bet that yes, it, it is coming back for another season. On NBC, ABC, that's really up for grabs. NBC's option to renew the series doesn't expire until May 16th, which is the day after ABC is going to be presenting its fall schedule. So that means that if ABC wanted to pick it up, they'll have to do some reshuffling or something, or maybe plan it as a mid-season replacement after they fill out their own 2007-2008 season. Oh, and before we go, you've probably seen this, but just in case you haven't, you remember the Adams Family? Gomez, Morticia, Uncle Fester from the 1960s? You know, it only ran for two seasons, and I think something like 64 episodes, but it is one of those iconic series from the 1960s that people just recognize right away. Well, in case you haven't seen it, there's a really cool little commercial spot running right now. It's put up by the Mars Company and the advertising agency BBDO New York, the big advertising agency. And they're really hoping that you remember the classic Adams Family series. They're doing this really cute little spot to promote their dark chocolate M&Ms. And if you see it, all of the characters from the series are represented, 
as they do this little short 15-second commercial that plays the same music from the show's original opening back from the 1960s. And they've got all the classic characters as M&Ms, and it's, it's really cute. And if you haven't seen it, head on over to tvseriesfinale.com, and we've got a little copy of it posted there, and you can see it. All right, that wraps it up for this week. If you'd like to submit a question or some feedback for the podcast, I would love to hear from you. You can email it to podcast at tvseriesfinale.com, or you can leave a message at 213-985-1014. That's 213-985-1014. And who knows, you might even hear your message on this podcast. And if you'd like to receive this podcast automatically, please, by all means, subscribe for free via iTunes or other podcast subscription software. And don't forget to visit tvseriesfinale.com for the latest cancellation news, past podcasts, videos, details on the last episodes of your favorite shows, and much, much more. I'm Trevor Kimball, and until next time, stay tuned.